my business partner says vision is water without water we die without vision we die it's like we've got to wake up and vision doesn't have to be this crazy i'm going to change the world thing like yours is very simple like i'm a great leader like that's that's a great simple clear vision compelling vision that reminds you of what you're about each day that's the point it's like most people wake up i think why most people aren't living lives of impact is because they've lost their vision Hey, I'm Ashley Agle. Some of you might know me as Ashley Burkhart, and I'm a former D1 and professional softball player who spent a few years coaching in the college game before deciding to put all of my focus into youth softball players and helping them make their dreams and their goals happen for them. It's our job to help them unleash their potential and become the athletes they've always dreamt of. I come from a small city in the Midwest and didn't let that stop me from making my goal of playing D1 softball a reality. No matter where you live, you have the tools to help you thrive, and I am hoping through this podcast to help you get there. On this podcast, you'll learn from Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, and elite players what their journeys have been like, and you'll also learn from me and my family a bit of our journey through the game. I'm so excited to have you here, so whip out your notebook and let's learn how we can grow in this game together. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. So pumped to be here this week for part two with Kevin DeShazo. I'm Ashley Agle, your host of the podcast. Does it get annoying when I keep saying my name at the beginning? I don't know. It's starting to annoy me. But so excited to have Kevin back on for part two. Like I said, both episodes are loaded, jam-packed with information. I just had to split it up because there were so many things that even I was taking notes on in part one, and I took so many, so many more notes in the second half. Um, so if you have not listened to part one with Kevin DeShazo, here's a little bit of what we talked about. We talked a ton about influence and leadership and how to be a better leader, how to develop connection so that your team can find more success than they've ever had. We also talk a ton about mistakes that coaches are making that's losing trust. We talked about optimism and why it's important to be able to find ways to win when nobody else thinks you can. And we also dove a little bit into creating better habits to help give you a chance, better chance to reach your goals. So habits are something that we dive into a lot more in part two today. And more things that you'll find in today's episode are adversity how to keep going when the adversity hits and you want to quit more than anything. The power of having a why. Also the identity piece and having the power to having that and reminding yourself of who you are, why you're here, and the power that that has to keep you going when you don't want to anymore. He also talks about where to start if you want to become a better leader and also our mutual love for Ted Lasso which if you're here and you don't love Ted Lasso, we need to have a conversation. (laughs) All right. So excited for you guys to listen to Kevin Shazo on the podcast yet again. Here he is. So on page 15, I, it it actually runs on to 16. I I read this quote and I really liked it. And it was a phrase that coach Thompson used, which very inspiring human. When you read the book, Uh, he said, show me your habits and I'll show you your future. Yep. Habits are everything. I just read a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yeah. And fantastic book. How do we get habits to stick though? Like this, like how do we get yeah. there? Like this is the part yep. where I'm selfishly asking this question because now that I'm not playing college softball anymore and I'm trying to run this business and like I'm thinking of it from this perspective, but I feel like it's universal. 
how do we get those habits to stick? Yeah, a couple of things. I think the habits have to be attached to a why. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to, you know, journal in the morning. Why? I want to go to the gym every day. Why? I want to eat better. Why? Like what's, and not just, I want to get healthy. Why do you want to get healthy? Uh, I want to get healthy so I can like be an active and present dad for my boys. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to be an active present dad for my boys. Well, that requires something that requires that I change, I change my habits. Mm-hmm. So I think one is attaching those habits to something meaningful and something uh, for, like meaningful and fulfilling. I think two, and this is something I've learned after writing the book and sharing the book with teams, I created kind of what we're calling the, the, the path of intention. Cause if you want to be moving in the right direction, right? You like the, towards the direction of health, or financial security, or a strong mindset, or developing a mm-hmm. skill, whatever it may be, right? What do you want? I want to, I want to, I want this thing, which means I want to be moving in the direction towards that thing. Well, to move in that direction means I need habits to move me in that direction, right? Habits determine your future. So habits determine direction. Well, your habits won't stick until your culture changes. Meaning, if you know, coaches like, oh, our players have bad habits. Well, because your culture encourages unhealthy habits. When the, when the habits that your team needs become the standard instead of the exception, they will stick. So like if I'm trying to get healthy, but the culture of my family is that like all the snacks in our house are unhealthy. Um, we never, we don't cook home cooked meals. We eat out all the time. We love staying up late. Like sleep is not a value in our home. Like I'm never going to get healthy, right? Sure. I'll eat a healthy meal every now and then I'll go exercise every now and then. But every now and then isn't a habit, right? It's it's just an every now and then thing. And then I'm going to give up because nothing's really changing. But if I change the culture of our family, like, hey, you know what? Like, we're going to be a healthy family. Let's get rid of these snacks and let's get healthier snacks in the house. So when I want a snack, I, I get the, it's a healthier habit, right? It's a, it's a better option. You know what? Like, we need to just eat, eat at home more often. One, it'll be better for our family from a health perspective, but also from a relational standpoint, we'll get to spend time together. Um, so let's adjust that. So when we eat at home, we're going to eat healthier. Two, you know what? Let's make 10 o'clock just like family bedtime. Like everyone's in bed by 10. You know, love Netflix, love staying up late, whatever, but rest matters um, for health. Rest matters for everything. So we're going we're gonna to make rest a priority in this family. Well, when that becomes the culture, all of a sudden now I have margin to eat better. I have margin to exercise exercise more. Um, I have margin to make decisions that, that are aligned with the habits that I actually need. Um, and so doing those things, if, if, if the habits I need are, are eating well and resting and exercising, then I, I need to create a culture where those are the standard. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to go on family walks, you know, twice a week, whatever it is. Uh, but the habits have to be the standard, not the exception. If they're the exception, they'll never stick. Yeah. Now, do you recommend let's not try to like figure out 10 habits at once? but like find like yes. the most important one and kind of go from there. Yeah. Simplify it. Right. Don't, don't make it overwhelming because 10 good habits is going to still be too much. So find, find one or two and find one or two that you can get some quick wins on. Right. Because mm-hmm. I think part of what you need when you're trying to create change is you need confidence and you need momentum. Yeah. Right. Cause like every day you wake up and the enemy's like, you can't do this. You're not good mm-hmm. enough for this. You can't. Mm-hmm. Well, if you did it the day before, you like you can wake up like no no I did it yesterday I know I can I'm confident because I can I've, it's, I've proven it I did it yesterday I went to the gym yeah. yesterday I know I can go today because I did it yesterday so then you go today well now you've got momentum and so the next day like, oh, you can't do this you should quit it's too hard like no 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 I've done it the past two days 
and I'm going to keep that momentum going. And so I think yeah. picking one or two things that are simple that you can get wins with. Um, you know, I had, I worked with a team that their, their coach wanted them to have like rest to be one of their habits. Well, they practiced at four o'clock in the afternoon because she like, we know like rest is a competitive advantage for athletes, for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. You better recovery, better performance, but it's also true for just humans. Like rest is, is, is a weapon. Like we have to make rest a priority. And she's like, rest is never going to be a habit of ours if we don't change when we practice. So she moved practice like 7 a.m. Well, players couldn't hide a lack of rest at that point. You can hide it at four o'clock in the afternoon. You can't hide it at seven in the morning. And so it forced them to change their habits to start going to bed earlier. Mm. Um, and so like, we, we can't, we can't say we want new habits if we're not willing to change things in our life to, to facilitate those habits. That's so true. Your story, it made me think of one of the reasons why Purdue softball was a great base running team back when I played was because the beginning of every practice, kind of similar to the story about, you know, let's have our bird box talk. We always did base running for 10 or 15 minutes. Like it was like, no question. We were working on base running. We worked on decision-making. We worked on our speed. And it was like, yeah. obviously we're going to be great at this because it's every day. We, we're a That's great right. base running team. We, we've built an identity around that because yep. we've shown up and done this every day. I feel like if you get up every day and like work out, you can identify as, yep. yeah, I'm, I'm a person who wakes up and early and works out. Like that's, that's and the, just what and I And the do. identity piece is huge, right? Cause like our habits are, are a reflection of what we believe about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a guy one time say like he, he worked at some company, but he had a blog and, and he wanted to be a writer and someone asked him what he did. He's like, oh, I work for this company, but I, I, I write a little bit on the side. They're like, Oh, you're a writer. It's like, no, I just, I, I blog every now and then They're like, well, that's mm-hmm. writing. He's like, oh, I am a writer. Mm-hmm. Like he would just so once he started to call himself a writer, then he almost gave himself permission to like actually write, not just kind of mm-hmm. dabble, but that. And so now he's written like New York Times bestsellers, all sorts of stuff. But it's like our 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 habits, our behaviors, our actions flow from um, uh, from who we actually think that we are. So it's your point. I love that story. This our identity as a team is we're aggressive in base running. Well, that's going to shape how you practice, right? That the, your habits, your actions will flow from that. Yeah. So cool. Okay. So I, I've skipped up to page 24. I wanted to say the entire paragraph, but I'm going to, I'm going to trim it down to two cents. Is it weird when I read this to you? Like these are your words that you wrote down? No, no. I've never read it before. So this is fun. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I, should, so I was funny. trying to look for a copy. I finally found one. It was right in front of me. Welcome to my personality. <laughs> yeah. I'm All right. Page 24. I'm, Pretty sure I have like slight ADHD. We do the work of chopping wood to be great at football, but we also have to chop wood to build strong, strong relationships. Kind of along the idea of what we're talking about, how it's a universal thing, chopping wood. Which one's harder? Which one do you think is harder? The, 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 the relationships? Skill or the relationship, yeah. yeah. Or football, yeah. For example, relationships. Because if it's about a skill, it's just me. Mm-hmm. That skill doesn't care whether or not I show up. That skill doesn't, doesn't care like what happens that day, it's going to be there regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we always tell athletes, like the game isn't going to wait on you. Like it's, it's, it's always going to be there. Um, so that skill, like it, it doesn't care whether I show up or not. It doesn't, it, that skill doesn't mm-hmm. need me relationships. It's it both require to a degree dying to yourself, like dying to your ego, but in relationships, there's another person. And it's, it requires vulnerability. It requires empathy. It requires 
consistency. It requires apologizing. Um, and it's, there are emotions and insecurities and stories and feelings and fears coming from both sides. I can take out all my fears and insecurities and, and issues on, like, in developing the skill, right? Like I can, I can work through it as I pursue the skill. But when it's me with a person, now we're both working through those and that's mm-hmm. emotional and different personalities and different perspectives. And, and, and so I think when you add two different, this is why, this is why relationships are hard. This is why leadership is hard because everyone brings baggage to it. And that doesn't mean it's not, not always negative. We just bring, we bring our stories into it. And when those stories, you know, smash together, that just creates tension and, and friction. And so I think there, even as a relational person, um, I think the relationship piece, it, it's harder to chop wood, to be consistent. Um, and I think we take relationships for granted. I think this is why relationships can, can. I mean, there are a million reasons why they fall apart. But if you're not intentional with that relationship, if you get complacent, if you get accidental, that, that relationship becomes not as sharp as it was. Same thing with the skill, right? If you're not as intentional with that skill, you lose your edge with that skill. If you're not intentional with that relationship, you lose your 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 edge with that relationship, but it's a lot more costly, mm-hmm. right? To lose your edge in a relationship is a lot more costly than to lose your edge with a skill. Yeah. It's like when a relationship ends, it's not that that minute that ended it. It's like no. so many Our, our decisions compound, our habits yeah. compound, and, and but we take it for, well, this person's always going to be here, so I don't have to communicate or I don't have to do this. It's like we take Until that, that relationship and that person for granted and it's like, no, and so it's a choice, right? To wake up and be as consistent, as intentional in that relationship as you are with pursuing whatever skill or, or goal. And so I think this is where most leaders burn out and things fall apart because it, we, we talk about all these things in a professional sense. Good, great, like necessary. None of it matters if we're not doing those same things at home, right? It's like mm-hmm. I, I've said for years, it doesn't like the things that I get to do with teams and leaders, like it's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Like I realize how fortunate I am and I'll, I'm sitting in rooms certain times. I'm like, what is happening? How am I in yeah. this room? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's wild. And, but none of it matters. If I go home, my kids don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. If they're like, Hey, that's cool that you got to see that version of my dad. We don't get to see him. One, we don't mm-hmm. see him at all. Or two, if we see him, he's always yelling or whatever. Cause I've, I've seen that with leaders, right? I saw true story. We were doing a bunch of stuff with, with military and this guy got honored for some award and all the people, I'm terrible with military terms, but so I don't know who they were, but he had been in battle with his his squadron, his troop, I don't know. All the people he had served with, and they're like, man, this guy was this and this. Well, like his wife gets up, she goes, man, he sounds amazing. I wish I knew him. Wish I knew that version of him. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> and because like he gave wow. his best to, to his guys, gave his best to the military didn't give his best to his home. And it's like, it was just this like light bulb moment. He was like, I missed it. And it's like, did work. And so the next year he had to present the next person winning that award. But his wife came up, she's like, I just want you to know the men you all, the man you all talked about last year is now the man that I know. So like wow. he was humble and receptive to that. Uh, and she was like, he's now worthy of bestowing this honor upon someone. So it was like just a really cool, because Wait, she, was, she wasn't trying to shame the guy, but it was just a, it, it just hit her. I think it just kind of hit her in that moment. And she didn't intend for it to come out. Like she intended to honor her husband. Like she just, it just hit saying like, I don't know who this person is that they're talking about. It's like leadership is not a job. Leadership is not a title. Leadership is not a role. 
Um, it's not an eight to five thing, although I don't think eight to five exists anymore. Like leader, leadership is a mindset and a lifestyle. Like it is from the moment you wake up to the moment that you go to bed. And that's not a burden on people. It's like, it's, it's how you lead yourself. It's how you lead whoever is in your circle in every circle. Um, it's just about being intentional. Yeah. It, it's so funny. Cause I was going to bring up and shoot, I really wish I remembered which, oh my God, I, I went right to the page 36 um, <laughs> talking about vision statement. Yep. And it's so funny because I've called these just power statements, like mm-hmm. statements that you want to be, you don't, you don't always feel this way, but you're striving to be this. Mm-hmm. And mine has always been, and I teach this to my young athletes, but like mine has always been, I am a strong leader. And to be completely honest lately, I don't feel like I've been that, you know, like, and I'm just yeah. like self-diagnosing myself, sure. but like this vision statement, I mean, it, I think it even says like, write it down and like put it, post it somewhere or something like that. Like yeah. make it visible so you can kind of self-check every once in a while. So having a vision statement, yeah. it was something that you talk about in this book, which is why I can't recommend this book enough. It's just, how do you get yourself in check so that you can yeah. set yourself up for success and the goals that you have for yourself? But well, yeah, vision, some people like call my it business, like, my business partner says vision is water without water. We die without yeah. vision. We die. It's like, we've got to wake up and vision doesn't have to be this crazy. I'm going to change the world thing. Like yours is very simple. Like I'm a great leader. Like that's, that's a great, simple, clear vision, compelling vision that reminds you of what you're about each day. That's the point. It's like most people wake up. I think why most people aren't living lives of impact is because they've lost their vision. Mm. It's like, they don't know what they're doing. And so they just get on, on that hamster wheel and just go through the motions every day. They're dissatisfied. They're frustrated. It doesn't mean they hate life. They're just not, not satisfied with, with where they are, with what they're doing, with what they've created. And we have, we talk a lot about this. There's this, this thing called the change equation. And it's like, change is hard, right? But you change when you're dissatisfied. Well, maybe your level of this dissatisfaction is like an eight. Well, uh, with, let's say with health. I'm dissatisfied with my health. I'm, I'm an eight with my dissatisfaction out of 10. Well, what's your vision for your health? Well, if your vision isn't higher than your dissatisfaction, then you have hopelessness, you have bitterness, you have frustration. Because like you're unhealthy, you're dissatisfied, you're upset, but you don't know what you want. Mm-hmm. So instead of changing, you just continue in the cycle of being upset and bitter and frustrated. But when that vision is higher, like, man, I'm, I'm not happy with my health, but I know what a healthy version of me looks like. I know what I could be. I know what I should be. Right? I'm at the I'm at the base camp of Everest. I'm not at the top of the mountain, but I know where the top of the mountain is. I, I know where I need to be going. Well, then you've got motivation and ambition to actually mm-hmm. create some change. Mm-hmm. Um, but for most people, they're dissatisfied, but they have no vision. And so they're just kind of hopeless. Right. How does your vision connect with your why? It can be the same. And I think people can have different visions in different seasons. Sure. I think you can have multiple visions, right? You can have a personal vision. You can have a professional vision. I think you can have visions for different areas of, of your life. But I think they're connected. Because like part of it too, I, yeah. I have an identity statement that's on my phone. It's like four or five sentences, but like it's part of my morning routine of like, hey, this is who you are. This is what you're about. Like things are going to get crazy today. You're going to have a lot of distractions, a lot of pressures. You're going to you're going to lose sight of who you think you're supposed to be. This is who you're actually supposed to be. And so I think part of that's just kind of recentering yourself on your why, recentering yourself on your vision because it's, it's it's there's a lot of distractions trying to take us off that path. Yeah, and I see it every day with athletes. Like, what do you do when it gets hard? Well, you can't forget that part. You can't forget your identity. You can't forget where you're headed. Because if you do that, you're lost, right? You're done. Um, and, and no, it's going to get hard. It's like, that's wow. part of it. We always get surprised by adversity. It's like, 
it's part of the problem. Like it's, it's, you know, very few things in life are guaranteed, but adversity is one of them. Like you know, whatever it is death, life and taxes and adversity. <laughs> it's life's just, it's, it is what it is. And just cause it's difficult doesn't mean it has to be bad. Mm-hmm. Right. We label it like this. Oh, I had a bad day. No, you didn't. You had a difficult day. That's different. Yeah. Um, but it's like we, yeah. adversity is part of it. You know, we, Oh, I didn't, th- I didn't see this coming. You didn't, you thought this was going to be an easy path. You were just going to show up and get this scholarship and be a starter here and get like, no, like it's never worked that way for anyone, but we always act surprised by adversity. Like, no, no, expect it. And that doesn't mean to go back to the optimism conversation, that doesn't mean be a pessimist, right? It's not, it's not expecting the worst. It's just saying, I'm sure there are going to be bumps in the road. I don't know what they are. Uh, I can't predict all of them, but I'm sure something is going to show up along the way. So I've got to be ready for it. Yeah. It's interesting because when you were saying that, like, maybe you had a difficult day, but like in all reality, I'm sure something went well that day that you're just not realizing happened. Absolutely. I think about games all the time. This chick has like a ESPN diving play at second base and then says, Ashley had the worst game ever because she's just talking about her hitting. Right. Cause she struck out one time. Yeah. The amount of people that live and die on strikeouts, like with even people I work with every week, it's like, Hey, I struck out twice this weekend. I'm like, you think I want, that's the first thing that I want to hear from your mouth. Like what, what did you do? Great. Like what went well? It doesn't have to be just hitting. And I know I'm your hitting coach, but it's like, what? That's kind of human nature though. Right. To be negative. Well, we're we're wired. We're wired to look for the negative. Yeah. That's just our natural bit is to look for the negative and to look where we failed, look where others failed, right. To expect the worst. And it's like, it's funny with my, my oldest, so he baseball is one of his sports. And like with our kids, we don't expect them to be great. We want them, especially, you know, they're six, 10 and 13. So it's like work hard, be a good teammate. That's it. Like, like be, listen to your coach, encourage your teammates and, and do what's asked. Like put in the work. Like I told him, like, you strike out. I really don't care if you get a hit. Awesome. Um, I don't want you to strike out looking. I want, I want you to go up there, go down swinging. Like don't stand mm-hmm. there and watch three strikes go by, like get, get your head in the game and like make an effort. Mm-hmm. But as long as long as you're making an effort, I, I don't care the result. You're 13. We can work on results for. We have, I have a long time to work on it. But are you doing the right things? Uh, and mm-hmm. and were you a good teammate? Did you play hard? Did you have fun? Okay. The rest of it, we can all we can always work on. You can always get better at hitting, hitting. Always get better at fielding. Always get better at pitching. Like, did you have fun? Did you enjoy the game? Um, what was your favorite part of the game? You know, and it's it's we have these. There's a great book called Hardwiring Happiness. And it's like our brains over time, it's like these, these like literal pathways have been dug in and they're, they tend to be negative. Well, we can rewire our brain. Like the more that you choose to see the good, like you rewire those pathways, to like actually look for the good to see the good. Like you can rewire your brain to be happy, to be positive. Um, it takes time, right? People are like, Oh, I can think of a positive thought and I'll be happy. No, it's, <laughs> again, it's process it takes a lot of time, a lot of hard work but mm-hmm. you can rewire how, how you view things and then what happens, right? Then everything mm-hmm. changes if you have a different perspective. Yeah. This is why I partnered with a journaling company. It's, it's basically for hitting journals, cage work. And like literally before it asks, like, what could you better do better next time? It says, what are things that you did well? Yep. And like literally after every single time that this person hits, if you start with, with the positive, yep. you're going to be in a better format to even think about the negative. Absolutely. Well, you think of the negative as like, Ooh, opportunity to get better. Instead of yep. I did this bad, I did this bad, I did this bad. That's that's not going to last. You're going to yeah. be out of the sport before you can take your next oh, breath. 
every, every day is a failure if that's the case, you know? Yes. And it's like, you know, and your perspective determines your experience, right? It's like, if you're looking for the bad, then you're going to have a bad day. Because mm-hmm. that's that was your perspective is that it was only the negative. If you're if you have a healthier perspective and you can see both of it, it's like again you could have a two strikeout day. I had a terrible day, or you could have a two strikeout day, like pretty good day. Struck out twice, but also did this this this. Yeah, um, walked this time, got on, stole two bases, made this play in the field, learned like whatever. Like your perspective determines whether or not you had a good or bad day, not the actions and the events of that actual day. Yeah. So I wasn't going to mention this, but I want to do one more thing from the book, but. It reminds me of the player who has two strikeouts and then goes and hits the game-winning home run afterwards. Yep. It's like knowing and understanding that this is part of the process. Like yeah. you're going to have day, you're going to have moments that aren't ideal. But if you yep. use those moments to learn from and literally just say, yep. "Okay, she struck me on a rise ball. What's my plan next at bat?" And then you're not even successful in that at bat, but if you've taken in the data correctly, you're most prepared for that last at bat of the game. Probably exactly the most right. important at bat of the game. That's but right. that just comes from the book of keep chopping wood on 34. Well, it's just a moment in your story, not the end of your story. That's it. And it's, it's, so this is, I think the most success. So there's a gap right between when you fail and when you're back in the game, like mentally back in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people, that gap is a long time, right? You strike out and you're, you're, you're in the game, but you're not really in the game. Yeah. Right. You're mentally out of it for a couple innings. Or if you know in the book football player, if you 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 miss a tackle or you throw an interception and then you're you're out of the game mentally for the next two or three series. Well, you've made the you made one mistake. Now you've made three series worth of like lack of effort, right? Mm-hmm. Lack of 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 um passion, lack of intentionality. Well, that, that's hurting your team more than that one mistake. You know, you not you not bringing your best in every play is hurting your team more than that one error on that play. And again, it's like we tell our kids, you're gonna screw up all the time. Make sure you're screwing up because you're hustling. Mm-hmm. If you make a mistake because you're being lazy, like not acceptable. Make a mistake because you're hustling all day long. We can yes. like great. We can deal with that. But it's but the best the best players, the best leaders, best performers, whatever field, whether it's softball, business, healthcare, they they've learned to shorten that gap from failure to being back in the game. Mm-hmm. Right, like working working with uh, two of the top ten tennis teams in the country. It's like okay, you 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 hit a bad shot or. You, you, they, they got one by you. Okay. Are you going to be out of it for the next five points or can you reset quickly? Like, Hey, she got me on that one. That's okay. That, that plays over. Right. It's so cliche. Like forget the last play, play the next play, but that's it. Cause like you can't play, you can't play five shots at once. No. Right. You've got to play the ball in front of you. And so it's like to, to learn to shorten that mental reset time of like, it's okay. Adversity happened. I fell down but now I'm back in it. Those mm-hmm. who are the most successful have, have, have shortened that time. Yes, absolutely. And this is where I'm envious of sports like basketball and volleyball, where it's like, you don't have time mm-hmm. to think it's just, it just right. keeps going. Right. right. Yeah. In softball, you have like a full inning before you're right. Maybe two innings before you're back in the box. Um, yep. This is why I think yep. pitchers have an advantage too. I've never said this before, but because they're, if they, if they're hitting and pitching, mm-hmm. it's like your pitching performance that's one thing, but you can always come back with your hitting performance and like move yeah. on faster. I feel yeah. like, but one thing you were saying, it reminded me of a coach and I wish I could credit the coach that said it to me. I don't remember which one it was, but they always said error on the side of aggressiveness. Yeah. Air, always. All day. And I've, and it's funny because that's like everything it's, it's like yeah. softball. 
it's work-life balance. It's, it's everything. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's everything. It's everything. So where well, can like, people, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was with, with OU women's soccer yesterday. They're, they're playing Arkansas this weekend, top five team. OU's not, they're, they're, they're kind of rebuilding their culture and they're recruiting and all these things. And he's like, look, I, he goes, I, I, he goes, I'm not worried about the outcome. And spring season for soccer is more developmental, right? It's not their real season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, here's my expectation of you. He goes, I don't expect that you go out there and win. He's like, that's that's not right of me to put that expectation on us. He said, my expectation is that you go out and you risk everything. Mm. I was like, I was like, that's it. Go go risk everything, right? Again, you could lose and you'll it'll hurt. That's okay. It should. If you care, it should. But you can deal with that versus the, the pain of regret because you didn't risk everything. So like again, we're gonna make errors all day long. Let's make them because we were risking everything, not yeah. because we were afraid of failing. Yeah. Gosh, I want to talk to you for like five more hours. You got time? <laughs> where can people find this book? I know where I found it on Amazon, but where do you prefer people probably to, the be- to probably, grab this? Probably the best option. Yeah, Amazon's probably the best option. Mm-hmm. And you have other books too. One's called Leadership Interrupted, correct? Yep. Yeah. So it is, you know, I mentioned that the daily email that I send, I took 365 of those and just put them into a book. So it's almost, how would I describe it? I guess kind of like a daily, a leadership devotional sort of, but it's just my sure. daily emails just put into a yearly version. And then I wrote a book years ago. Uh, don't recommend this one, but uh, <laughs> called I Athlete. And so it was really kind of a marketing ploy to say like, so I could say that I wrote the book on student athletes, social media, but wouldn't, wouldn't recommend that one. The other two are, are decent. so funny. Though. I love it. I'm going to go pick up the the leadership one, which you made, was it 2017? Maybe. I don't know why. I, know. Uh, I don't know when that came out. And I would, if yeah. anybody's listening, I would recommend the Kindle version of that. Okay. Uh, the paperback version is like super thick. Mm. I'm probably going to redo that one and call it five minute leadership, do another version yeah. of it. Um, okay. But I would recommend the Kindle over paperback on that one. That's awesome. And I'm also obsessed with your leadership minute podcast and people that are listening to the podcast are already into them. Do you post every day a new leadership topic? Try to. Um, yeah. It depends. You know, if I have a 5 a.m. flight, I may not get to it because uh, mm-hmm. airports are loud and I don't want <laughs> you know, airport yeah. ladies' voice in the back of the podcast. But Monday, try to as much as possible Monday through Friday. Yeah. I love it. I was listening to it before this and you were talking about Scotty Scheffler's perspective when he won the Masters on how mm-hmm. like he won the Masters, but that wasn't going to change who he is as a person and who he is at home. Oh. And stuff yeah. like that. I also admired him for the same reason. So such a cool podcast. Definitely recommend go listen. All of this stuff and also where you can find Kevin will be in the show notes. So you can just click on all of the information from the books that he has, the podcast, your social media platform. Which one's your favorite platform, by the way? Mine's Twitter. That's a great question. Yeah, probably. Tw- I mean, Twitter and Instagram I use the most. Uh, Twitter is more leadership, business, professional stuff. Mm-hmm. Instagram is a mix of of personal and professional, but probably, probably Twitter is still number one. Yeah. I love it. Do you want to end with some quick rapid fire? Absolutely. Call it five to thrive. Don't know why, but we're going to keep it that way. First question. What are you most excited about right now? What I'm most excited about right now, the work that we're doing with OU with, with football specifically, because it will, the opportunities that will create, not necessarily for us, but for student athletes, coaches, administrators everywhere, because the plan is to take it and make it into something scalable for any program, high school, college, whatever to use Mm -hmm. in player development, coach development, leader development. So I think that I'm, I'm excited. It's a, it's a huge challenge, but I'm excited about what that could be. 
Mm, I'm excited to watch even, that. Even, even, as, even as an Oklahoma State grad. Super awesome. Yeah, I, that's got to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. I love it. I'll keep following. Uh, next question. Finish the sentence. Leadership is? Influence. I thought you were going to say hard, but I like that answer too. It, it is that. Try, try like to be that. the optimist. I know. Good job. What leaders are you following currently? Ooh. Um, who am I following currently? I really like, there's a guy named Cody Royal. He was, I'm going to look at his title. He doesn't have a job right now. Well, he does. He's a consultant. But <laughs> he was like the Australian Football League coach for Canada. So Canada's Australian Football League team. He's got a great book called The Tough Stuff and then one called Where Others Won't. Um, just a great, great perspective on on leadership. Who else am I following? John Gordon's always an easy, an easy option. Mm-hmm. There's a guy named Shane Parrish. He talks a lot about habits and consistency. He's got a blog called Farnham Street, and I just appreciate the way he he thinks differently than I think, but in a really challenging and good meaning, like just different personality, like different perspective. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with a lot of what he says. It's just not where my natural thoughts go to. So probably those two a lot right now. That's cool. Um, what do you think of the show, Ted Lasso? Oh man, fantastic! Best show in a long time, isn't it? I don't, I don't know if it's because we think the same way a lot, but I yeah. am just obsessed with every story that's told in that show. Well, it's like what I love. Uh, there's a lot of things I love about it, but what I really love is that leadership is leadership. It's not about X's and O's, mm-hmm. and I think this is true. It's like obviously, and I know it's a TV show. It's like he doesn't know soccer; uh, he knows people. Like knowing he can, great leaders don't need to always know the X's and O's of what they're doing. It's helpful, but mm-hmm. they need more than that. They need they need to know people. If, you, yeah. if again, like the ability the ability to connect people is a competitive advantage. You can surround mm-hmm. yourself with X's and O's. All that. Like you need a general vision, like but to have the humility of he's like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, but these four guys do. I'm going to trust them on the X's and O's. I'm going to make sure I'm good with the people, and so allowing people to play their strengths. Uh, there's a, yeah, there's just a lot from that show that's really good. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. Before I ask the final question, I need to thank you for one being an incredible mentor to me, um, without even knowing it probably, but also just for the work that you're doing, the impact that you're making. This book is just like one tiny piece of the work that you do, and it's just you're changing lives, and I love it. Thank you. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. You bet. All right, final question: What advice would you give a young athlete who wants to become a better leader and doesn't know where to start? ask a lot of questions, Mm. learn to lead, learn to lead in silence, learn to follow first. Everyone wants to lead, but nobody wants to actually learn how to follow first and to submit yourself to someone else's leadership. Submission is not a sexy word in today's culture, um, but we need to learn to submit. Like if there's Mm. a leader, but but not don't submit. If like it's moral violations, ethical things, of course, right? That's toxic. That's abusive. So I'm not saying that if you trust the person, so like defer to their leadership it won't always be easy it won't always be fun but they will make you better and so then you're learning what it's like to be a follower which gives you the ability to connect to people who will ultimately follow you um, so learn to follow first mm, fantastic answer thank you so much that's my actual on. answer <laughs> i love it works, works too i got you with you that's what i typically do I'm like i think this like no here's what i really think I loved it. This is so. This is such an inspiring conversation, and I'm I'm probably gonna like repeat this on my own in my own head like multiple times. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Honored to spend some time with you.
Wowza. I'm so sad that this interview actually had to end. <laughs> there was so much goodness in these two parts. As you can probably tell now, we had to split it into two parts. There was so much goodness. So a couple takeaways from part two. Leadership is a lifestyle. I loved when he said that. You don't get to choose when you feel like leading. No, leadership is something that if you work on it every day, you fail a lot, but you learn a lot. And with that, the older you get, the better leader you can become. And I think no matter how old you are as a coach, no matter how old you are as a player, like we can always keep learning how to be a better, better leader. I also loved when he talked about vision statements. I'm actually probably gonna consider changing mine to more of like an end goal type of a thing, like where I see myself, dive a little bit more into my why from this conversation. I mean, if you haven't thought about a vision statement, I am going to recommend you either re-listen to that part and figure out what yours is going to be, or just spend 15 minutes just diving into what is it that you wanna do? Maybe you haven't thought about it. And that itself is very motivating. And also the idea of failing forward. The fact that the best teams make the fastest adjustments, that's what makes them good. For example, Jocelyn Allo, recently she went uh, 0 for 2 with two strikeouts in one of the games and ended up having a grand slam for the team to win the game. And this is OU versus OSU. I don't know if you watched that game, but she made pretty quick adjustments. And some people, if you dive into a strikeout and you're living in the strikeout, things just that's not a good place to be. She got over it quickly and was able to win the game for her team, essentially. I mean, it takes a team effort, but it was huge and clutch. And if you wanna be more clutch, this is necessary. Make quick adjustments. Don't be, don't be down if you make a mistake. Learn from it, move on. We must do that. All right, if you love Kevin and you love his work, Go check out his books, listen to his podcast. All the links to where you connect with him and find his work is in the show notes below. He would love to connect with you on social. I'm sure he's looking at Twitter more than he's looking at his text messages. <laughs> All right, start and build your momentum today. Start today. Don't start tomorrow, start today. Figure out what habits you need to do and implement in your life to be able to make your goals happen for you. Your future self will thank you for it. All right, friends, stay awkward, stay humble, keep smiling, and keep chopping wood. All right, I'll see you next week on the pod.